right down the way here from our offices here at the at our abode four oaks community church support your friendly neighborhood biscuit company they do grind they roast their own coffee so there's that but for us we are in revelation chapter six and thus begins the apocalyptic fires of judgment so to speak as we begin to look at the visions and the opening of the seals in Revelation. And, and just as a, as a brief reminder, if you haven't seen yesterday, yesterday's devotional, and that would be the Wednesday, August 19th, we did sort of a hermeneutical uh, lay of the land landscape for how I think we're to go about reading and interpreting these sections of Revelation. And so this devotional this morning and all the ones going forward are going to sort of build upon that. So probably a, a key piece to get if you didn't, um, if you weren't here with us yesterday. But let me, but let me, um, first of all, read um, the first eight verses of chapter six. And because these are visions and stories and in kind of narrative apocalyptic form, they're not easily divided into chapters and verse always. And so I'm going to start with the first eight verses, and we'll see where we are, and then go from, go from there. Okay, God's Word, Revelation 6, beginning with verse 1. Now, I watched when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice, like thunder, come. And as I looked, and behold, a white horse, and its rider had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he came out conquering and to conquer. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come, and out came another horse, bright red. Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth, so that people should slay one another, and he was given a great sword. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come, and I looked, and behold, a black horse, and its rider had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and wine. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come, and, look, and I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and its rider's name was Death, and Hades followed him. And they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, and with famine, and with pestilence and by wild beast of the earth. Let's pray. Lord, these are strange words and deeds to our 21st century ears. But Father, you've given us every jot and tittle of your word to instruct us, to guide us, to give us hope, to point us to Jesus. And it's just as true for Revelation as it is any other book in the Bible. And so we're asking for your help this morning um, and pray that you would give us great hope and encouragement as we continue to see all of history unfold under your wise and sovereign plan. In Jesus' name, amen. So Revelation 4, that's about the throne of God, right? The occupied throne that God Almighty, the Alpha and Omega, is sitting in heaven. And while earth is in tumult and chaos and despair, God's throne room is undisturbed. He is perfectly at peace. Nothing is surprising him. Well, then we move to Revelation 5, where we find that the Alpha and the Omega, God the Father, is holding a scroll. And this scroll is symbolic of his eternal decrees, his redemptive plan for all of humankind. In other words, 
how he is going to go about remedying and and healing the brokenness of our sinful world. And we saw that there was no one, no human being was worthy to take that scroll, to open it, to read it, to execute its its judgments and its will, except one, and that was Jesus, the lamb who was slain. Only he is worthy. And the reason he's worthy is because he's died on the cross for our sins. He's purchased redemption for us. He was a man, is a man. He's also God. He has he is the only one who can remedy, who can fix, who can carry out the decrees of God, which will be for our ultimate good and sovereign joy. And so now we get to verse to chapter six, where Jesus begins to break open these scrolls, the seals on these scrolls. And again, this is symbolic of the fact that Jesus is the witness, and he is also the one who has the authority to execute the decrees of God. And this section, these first four seals, okay, again, this, these are symbolic of the fact that these are the decrees of God, the decrees of God for what's going to happen between the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. And these are not meant to be thought of as, as seals that will be broken only in the last of the last of the days, but these, in fact, have been broken open now. And these are movements or themes or decrees that we see God carrying out even as we speak. Whether it's the last of the last of the last days, we don't know. We know it's the last days because um, that time between Jesus' first coming and his second coming, those, the New Testament tells us, are the last days. But, but here we see Jesus breaking open, breaking open these first four seals. And this is where we uh, much um, extra biblical literature has, has focused on these, on these seals as the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Okay. And it sounds scary. And it, it is, it is, it is, you know, sobering, no doubt. First thing you need to know is that John is drawing upon this imagery from Zechariah 6, 1 through 8. That is also a place where we see this idea of horsemen riding forth to execute the judgments of God, the plan of God. Of course, in Zechariah, there are groups of horses. Here, they're just singled out by a single horseman. And I think what we're supposed to get here is that each of these horsemen symbolically depict um, a particular destructive force that has been unleashed upon the world by God. One thing to note is that every time um, there is a voice like thunder coming from heaven summoning these horses. And so we, we need to understand that, that God is in charge, sovereign. He is, all of these things are happening at his beck and call and his and his voice and his will. And we're going to find out why, what each of these, these things are supposed to be doing. But the thing to note now is that God, it is God who commands each of these horsemen to come forward. And, and a category you're going to need to have here is that each of these seals or horsemen serve a dual purpose. Okay. Each of them serve a dual purpose because they are being unleashed even in our time. And, and one, one is, just judgment, right? That there is a um, that there is a a the judgment, justice, wrath of God being poured out on all mankind, 
um, in response to them turning away from him, while at the same time serving as a warning, right? It's a warning to those who are perishing to repent. So saw an interview with John Piper one time or, or heard a podcast from him where someone asked him what the purpose of evil or suffering was, or maybe even specifically it was a particular natural disaster that happened. And, and, and the newscaster was sort of in a, wanting to play kind of a gotcha moment. Well, Dr. Piper, Pastor John, what, 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 what purpose could there ever be for God um, allowing such a natural disaster to happen? And I remember John Piper looked right at him and said, he does this so that you will repent. And he's, he's drawing from Jesus's um, statement in, in the Gospels when they asked him, when the Tower of Siloam fell on this group of people and 11 died, who was it that sinned that made this happen? And Jesus said, it didn't, no one was personally responsible for this, but these sorts of things happen so that mankind will know that it is perishing, that its life is fragile, and that it will, in return, turn to God, okay? So that, that's a broad purpose. It's a judgment warning for unbelievers. But secondly, and we're going to see this all throughout Revelation, these forces of destruction serve a redemptive purpose for the people of God. They're a means of sanctifying us, uh, changing us, um, drawing us closer to God, helping us not to rely upon ourselves, but upon God who raises um, the dead. And so, so there's always this dual purpose in everything God does. Okay. To again, quote John Piper, God is never just doing one thing. Um, he is, he's both enacting his judgments as a warning to fallen mankind, and he's working these judgments for the good, the sanctifying good of his people. So, so four things that we see in these first four seals, four types of things that are going to always be happening in the world between now and when Jesus comes back. And the first is this idea of war. So the white horse, okay, the, would, would people, they, would, they would understand this to, to think about Alexander the Great riding on his white horse out into battle. This was to signify war or conquest. And we know, Jesus says, in the last days there will be wars and rumors of war. Well, we ought to plan for peace. We ought to um, we ought to do everything we can this side of heaven to live at peace with all men and nations live at peace. But the reality is that as long as man is man, man is going to be fighting with one another, warring, um, conquering, uh, trying to take things that don't belong to us. So remember, um, at the end of the of the of the nineteenth century, or actually at the end of World War One, it was the war to end all wars. In the twentieth century, we had progressed to this era of peace, but yet what we find is that in the twentieth century, more people were killed because of wars, whether it's World War One, World War Two, concentration camps, um, conflicts across the globe, terrorism, than all the other centuries of the world history of the world combined. And John is just reminding us. This is the way it's going to be this side of heaven. The second horse, okay, it's dressed in red or it's a bright red, is, is speaking about strife in general or not just nations against nations, but man against man, woman against woman, crime, murder, conflict. So it can be relational conflict. It can be 
uh, conflict, even like we're seeing on the streets of America now as, as people are rioting in different places. And, and John's reminding us that, that these are things that will always be present in a broken world, that apart from Jesus, apart from the gospel, okay, there can be no lasting peace between, between people. The third rider, it says he, he's, it's, or third horse, it's black, okay. Um, I think what's being denoted here is sort of the economic chaos and unpredictability that will uh, inflict the world for all of history and mankind. And, and that's a hard word for us, right? Because as Americans, we're into a predictable economy, which is why things like COVID, right, and disrupts things or depressions or economic collapse, while it's so disjointing, we act as if something strange is happening. We act as if this is some sort of surprise. But in reality, this has always been the history of humankind. And it, it again reminds us when we wake up in the morning and see the stock report not doing what we want or facing uncertainty in our jobs or economic streams, realizing this is the way it is in a broken world. And it's a reminder that the only th thing that is constant, the only thing that is steady, the only thing that is sure is Jesus Christ himself. Now, what's, what's interesting, if you look in verses seven through, oh, I'm sorry, five through through six, there's little this odd this odd statement about a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil and wine. It's a, it's a metaphorical way of saying, yes, there's going to be strenuous, okay, um, pressures on the world, but God is in control of this. And that, see, oil and wine were um, considered essential goods and services. And it's a reminder that, that even in the midst of this economic uncertainty and chaos that the world will always be experiencing, God will provide. He will give us what we need as his people. He will provide for us materially. It may not always be what we what we want, okay, um, but he will certainly give us all, all that we need. And it again just shows us that his his sovereign hand is is over even our basic means of provision. And, and we need to be encouraged and to hear that. And finally this last writer he is the pale rider, and he he represents death, and this could be death by any means, right? Natural disaster, just the curse of death, right? Just by the virtue of the fact that the wages of sin are death, and it's a reminder, um, again, that life is temporary. Physical life is temporary. So easy in our Western world to be deceived into thinking that life goes on forever. Now, we know that it doesn't intellectually, right? Um, but, 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 you know, emotionally, okay, in our hearts and our day-to-day -day living and existence, we become forgetful and we live today as if this is going to last forever. And again, all of these seals, all of these riders, they're meant to remind us that life is fragile. The world is broken. And so as if you're an unbeliever, repent, right? If you're an unbeliever, cling to Christ. Now, if you're a believer, also repent, okay, right? Use, these are spiritual smelling salts. They're awakening us. They're, we're being reminded that no matter how much we insulate our lives and make ourselves secure, there's always going to be war. There's always going to be strife. There's always going to be economic chaos. There's always going to be death. So then, okay, so then, 
let us run to Jesus. Let us trust in him as our only hope. Okay, so that's Revelation 6, 1 through 8, the, the first four seals. Tomorrow, we're going to look at seals 5 and 6 as we continue our study. Let me pray. We'll be done for the day. Lord Jesus, thanks for this time. And Lord, these are sobering reminders, but let them drive us not to despair, but to hope in you and to the gospel. So Lord, we pray these things now in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, Four Oaks. See you tomorrow, same time, same station.